Is it in red? If not, then it's not important. At least that's the way some folks approach the Bible these days. And of course, when they say that, what they mean is, if Jesus said it, then it's important. Everything else we find in Scripture is merely the opinions or conjecture of some of Jesus' earliest followers. And and while that might give us insight into things we need to do, that's not nearly as important as what Jesus Himself said while He was here on the earth. However, if we are going to accept the Bible in any sense of the word, we cannot accept that position. I'd like for us to take a look at some of the things that the Bible says to us about Jesus' Word. In fact, four points that are made as we learn that, in fact, Jesus gave us His Word. And as we learn these things, we're going to learn how we ought to approach the Scripture, all of the Scripture, no matter what color the text is in your printing of the Bible. Before we look at that, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Almighty God and Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your love and your mercy. We're thankful for your grace and for the opportunity that you've provided us here to gather to worship and honor and glorify you together as we lift up our voices in one accord, praising and honoring you. And Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we might be edified and stimulated and spurred on to study your word, to serve and honor and glorify you, bearing fruit that lifts you up and magnifies you. Father, please forgive us because we have sinned. We have not always treated your word with honor and respect. We have not always followed it in our lives. Forgive us for that. And help us to turn away from the tempter's snare, to follow in your paths of righteousness, to be like those trees that are planted by streams of water, that we might bear fruit in its season, and that we might prosper in your will. Father, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. Through your Son we pray. Amen. The very first point that we learn about Jesus and His Word, we can find in John chapter 14 and verse 24. And we have got to understand this point. John chapter 14 and verse 24, Jesus did say, He who does not love Me does not keep My words. And the word which you hear is not Mine but the Father's who sent me. Jesus gave us His Word, and what we must understand about His Word is that it was not His Word, but rather it was and is His Father's Word. While we consider the concept of the Trinity and Father, Son, and Spirit, and so much of that relationship and what that means eludes us, there is at least one thing that we can grasp and we can understand. And that is that the Son, in His eternal wisdom, despite the fact that He is equal with the Father, has voluntarily chosen to submit Himself to the Father. And because of that, when He spoke and when He speaks, It is not of His own authority all by itself, but of the authority of the Father, because their authority is one. You see, the question of whether or not we ask, is it in red, really misses the point. The issue about Jesus' Word is not what we find printed in red in our Bibles, but whether or not the Word came from the Father. Jesus also said in John chapter 12, this time in verse 49, In John chapter 12 and verse 49, Jesus said, For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father Himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. 
Do you see again the issue here? It is not what Jesus said while He was here on the earth. The issue that we need to understand is what has come from the Father. That is what is important. What is it that God wants us to know and to understand? What Word has He provided through His Son? And through His Son's apostles and prophets. There are two major points that we learn about the authority of Jesus' words, the words that came from the Father, that I'd like to share with you. One, Jesus' words will impart life to those who believe. Look in John chapter 6 and verse 63. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, Jesus said in John 6 and verse 63, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are Spirit and are life. In John chapter 6, you'll remember that Jesus had fed the multitudes And they had decided they wanted to make Him king. They had followed Him. And they were going to take Him by force and make Him king. But He started to offend them. He began to tell them that if they really wanted to have life, instead of eating the bread that would cause them to hunger again, they needed to eat His body and drink His blood. They had misunderstood the figurative language that Jesus was using. They didn't grasp the symbolism that Jesus employed. And they thought He was teaching them some type of sick and perverse cannibalistic religion. But here in verse 63, Jesus has pointed out that they misunderstood. That He was not talking about them literally eating His flesh and literally drinking His blood. They were talking about them imbibing His words. He was talking about them listening to what He said and internalizing that and eating that as the bread of life because Jesus Himself and His teaching and His words and His Spirit, that is the bread of life. And if they would internalize that and allow that to govern their lives, they would never hunger again. Not for that deep and abiding spiritual hunger. They would be filled and satisfied because Jesus says, My words are life. However, notice how he followed that up in verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe. The Word of Jesus only provides life for those who believe. It does not provide life merely for those who hear, but for those who obey. For those who accept it. For those who believe it so much that they will guide their lives based upon it. Jesus' Word will provide life. But the multitudes misunderstood. And as we continue reading in John chapter 6, this multitude that just moments ago, because He had fed them and given them drink and satisfied their flesh, they wanted to make Him king, they now began to abandon Him. Because they were not nearly so interested in eating of His teaching. If He would continue to feed their flesh, they would accept Him. But if what he was focused on was their spirit and eternal life, they weren't so interested in that. They didn't believe. They didn't follow. And so Jesus turned to the twelve. And in verse 67, he said to them, You do not want to go away also, do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. Do you understand Peter's confession there? If we will not turn to Jesus and His Word, we have no place else to go. 
There is hope in no other. There is salvation in no other place but Jesus and the Word which He has given. If we will not accept that, we cannot receive life. That is how powerful Jesus' Word is. It gives life to those who believe. And yet, on the other hand, it provides condemnation and judgment for those who will reject it. In John chapter 12 and verse 48, In John chapter 12 and verse 48, the Scripture there reads, He who rejects Me and does not receive My sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. Why? He says, because I didn't speak on My own initiative, but what the Father commanded Me, that I spoke. Do you see what Jesus is saying there? This is how powerful His word is. It gives life to those who believe, and it provides judgment to those who reject. In that final day, when we stand before God, we know the standard by which He will consider our lives because He has provided it for us. It is Jesus' Word that will judge us, granting us life if we have believed and followed it, giving us condemnation if we have rejected and turned away from it. Did you notice in this that there is no in-between? Look at Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 46. In Matthew 25 and verse 46, Jesus said, these will go away into eternal punishment. Those are the ones who didn't serve the Lord, who didn't hear His Word and didn't follow it and therefore serve the brethren. He said, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Do you see again? No in-between. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24, in Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24, Jesus said in His Sermon on the Mount, therefore, in Matthew 7:24, everyone who hears these words of Mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see, the Word of Jesus has the power to give life and stability, but it also has the power to bring condemnation and judgment. And again, you see, no in-between. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. Jesus there said, He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. You see, there's no in-between. There's no, you get just a little bit of punishment if you reject some of the Word of God, but believe the good bit of it. And then you get to go on into eternal life. We either accept the Word of God and we live by it, the Word that Jesus gave us, and we have eternal life, or we reject it and we receive eternal condemnation. Those are the two choices. 
Jesus has set before us, just like Moses did so many years ago with the Israelites. Life and death. And we choose whether or not we will accept Jesus' Word. But as we consider that, how powerful Jesus' Word is, we're still left questioning, well, what is Jesus' Word? Is it just what's in it? Well, we learn that Jesus' Word was what was spoken and written through the apostles and the prophets. Notice this. In John chapter 16, in John chapter 16, beginning at verse 13, John 16, beginning at verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of Mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are Mine. Therefore, I said that He takes of Mine and will disclose it to you. You see what Jesus is saying here? He says that when, when He left, He was going to send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would guide the apostles and prophets of the New Testament into the entirety of truth. And the Spirit would not speak on His own initiative, but on whose initiative? On Jesus. Jesus Himself was not speaking on His own initiative, but on whose initiative? The Father's. Do you see the unity of Father, Son, and Spirit here in the transmission of Christ's Word? What the Spirit brought to the apostles and the prophets guiding them into all truth was not His own, but the very Word of Jesus, which was the very Word He had been commanded by the Father. The issue is not just what did Jesus say while on the earth. The issue is not just what was in red in the Bible. The issue is what has the Spirit revealed by the authority of Jesus Christ and by the authority of the Father in heaven. Second Peter chapter 1 helps us answer this question. In 2 Peter chapter 1, <coughs> excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, the Bible says, But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. No prophecy of Scripture came from man. It was not by man's own interpretation. It was not the apostles' conjecture. It was not the apostles' opinion based on what they thought they remembered Jesus saying while He was on the earth. No prophecy of Scripture has ever come by man's own interpretation. And therefore, we are not given the freedom to just do whatever we think its interpretation is. We've got to get in and understand what God wanted us to believe. It's Jesus' Word. And we must learn what He intended by it. All of it. Later on in this very same letter, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 2, that we should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. You see what Peter's saying there? That when the apostles spoke based upon the revelation of the Spirit, that was not just their conjecture, it was not their opinion. They were speaking the commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 37. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 37. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 37, Paul said, If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you 
are the Lord's commandments. Paul says, understand this. I am not writing my opinion and my conjecture. I am writing to you the Lord's commandment. And notice why he believed this. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 11. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 11, Paul also wrote, For I would have you know, brethren, this is Galatians chapter 1 and verse 11, I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. You see that? Paul saying, the things I write, the things I teach, I didn't make those up. I didn't go to Jerusalem and the apostles teach it to me. I got it directly from Jesus Christ. What did Paul write? He wrote the Word of Jesus by revelation of the Spirit who was not revealing on His own initiative but on the initiative of the Son who was commanding based upon the initiative of the Father. You see how that works? Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 beginning at verse 3. Paul says this, In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 3, he wrote, By revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Paul says what what was revealed to him, he wrote it down. And when we read it, we can understand his insight. Where does his insight come from? Was it his opinion? Was it his think so? No, we've already learned that what Paul wrote was the command of Jesus Christ because that's where he learned it was directly from Jesus Christ. And so we don't have Paul's insight. We have Jesus' insight into the mystery, don't we? You see, what we learn from this is that it's not just what's in red. It's what the Spirit reveals. It's the entirety of Scripture. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, revealed His Word to the apostles and they spoke it and they commanded it and they wrote it down and now we can read it and we can understand the commandment of the Lord. And you need to understand this. We hear from so many people today, oh, when the New Testament writers were talking about Scripture, they were only talking about the Old Testament. They didn't have Bibles like we do, and we know that. We're not stupid. We understand that they didn't have this book looking just like this. We understand that the Word of God was being revealed to them as it was coming to the apostles. But I want you to notice that even in the first century, they recognized that what the apostles wrote and what came by the prophets of God was just as much Scripture as what they were reading in their Old Testaments. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, Peter wrote, Regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him. Now, where did that wisdom come from? According to his own wisdom? According to his own opinion? According to his own study? According to what Gamaliel taught him? Of course not. According to the wisdom given to him by God through revelation of Jesus Christ from the Holy Spirit. According to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. You see that? To their own destruction. You see what Peter says about Paul's writing? 
Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, speaking by revelation of the Holy Spirit, said that Paul's writings were Scripture. And people were twisting them and being destroyed because they twisted Paul's writings just like they did the rest of Scripture. You see that? It can't be the rest of Scripture if what I'm talking about is not Scripture. See, even in the first century, they recognized that the things that were written by the apostles and prophets, revealed to them by the Holy Spirit, were Scripture. It wasn't hundreds of years later that they finally figured out what was Scripture. I'm not suggesting to you that everyone completely agreed right at the beginning that a particular book was written by an apostle or prophet, but they understood if this was written by an apostle or prophet of Jesus Christ, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this is Scripture. And if it's Scripture, where did it come from? Not from their interpretation, but from Jesus Himself. So do you understand now? The question is not, is it in red? The question is, is it in the book? If it's in the book, it's Jesus' Word. Jesus gave us His Word. And His Word is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide even the soul from the Spirit. And it can judge and condemn those who reject And it can lift up and give life to those who believe it. Please, don't ask, is it in red? Ask, is it in the book? Because that's the word Jesus gave us.